Welcome to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Join the podcast mogul Phil Better as he interviews successful entrepreneurs that make their living in the digital world. Now, let's join your host, Phil Better, and his special guest today on Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I am, of course, Phil Better, the podcast mogul, and today I'm happy to have the founder of Decaf Digital, Adrian Coden. Hi, Adrian. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. It's actually Adriana, but that's okay. Adriana, I apologize. It's a mouthful. <laughs> it, it, yeah. I mean, four uh, syllables and just your first name is a lot. Yes, I'm used to the one syllable. I'm lucky, Phil. Yeah. Uh, but Adriana, um, I have your your impressive little bio that I asked you to fill out beforehand. And, and, and we talked a bit before we went live. Um, but I would love for you just to introduce yourself to my audience and tell your, to tell them about yourself. Yeah. So my name's Adriana Cowden. I live in Indianapolis, Indiana. I have lived here for the past six years now, almost seven years. And originally from Chicago, lived in Denver for about 10 years. Um, so I left corporate America as the chief digital marketing officer and chief marketing officer um, for both a manufacturing company and then a household name home security company, the, the big guy in the industry. <laughs> um, I was also vice president of social and mobile marketing for um, Sears and Kmart back in the heyday. So I had about 150 brands and 30 business units. Um, and so I founded Decaf Digital five years ago this year. It's about five and a half years old now, which is Congrats. fantastic. We've passed that five-year mark. And um, I've, I've founded three other businesses. So this is my fourth business I'm founding. Um, I founded one in oh, about 15 years ago that was focused on website design, mapping, structure, back when everyone had to have a website. Yeah, yeah. And so um, that was wonderful. My first business was called HR in a Box, which was Ooh. HR forms, templates, and software for small businesses under 75 employees. That's awesome. And then um, I still own and operate a coaching business for executives and entrepreneurs. Um, and that business I've had for 19 years. Jeez. I'm busy, busy person. Yeah, you're busy bee and I love it. Yeah. And on top of it, on top of it, you're a published author. I am. Jeez. I, I am. I do a lot of, uh, a lot of my executives talk to me about their career transition and the career mapping and promotions. And so I wrote a book called Career Sudoku, Nine Ways to Win the Job Search Game. And I'll give you a little tip. There is a Sudoku on the front of the book, um, a Sudoku puzzle. And I put all of my nephew's birthdays in the Sudoku puzzle. I had the designer put all of their birthdays in the puzzle. Wow. That, that is next level secret. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, the title is just alone is awesome. Thank you. Um, wow. You must be just filled with so much knowledge. Well, I don't know how much I can get in this head <laughs> of mine, but I certainly do my best to keep it going. <laughs> wow, just the connections you have you, you must have made with your coaching business helping so many uh, wow, that that is just wow. So your your longest running one would it be your your coaching for the entrepreneurs? Yes, absolutely. Nine, nine, so you've been in the industry about 20 years, this yeah. digital world for 20 years. Yes. What made you jump into that that world? Well, this you know, world? interestingly enough, um I was in corporate America living in Colorado. And I was working for uh, Level 3 Communications, which if people don't know, is kind of the provider's provider. They provide um, 
fiber essentially underneath the ocean for AT&T and the likes. And uh, I was in training and development because I started my career at HR, which is why I started HR in a box. And uh, the senior vice president of marketing, a woman named Melody Reagan, came and said, you know, I just need an A player to come over and run global Marcom. And I was like, I am not a marketeer. I am a professional in the network operations center doing training and development. So she badgered me for about two months solid. And finally, I was like, OK, I'll give in and do it. And I mean, within a month, I was completely in love with marketing, completely in love with it. Jeez, jump it, taking that risk, going from the comfort of everything, you know, into nothing. And it, yeah, it paid off in tenfold, a hundredfold, I would say. Absolutely. Uh, it's definitely what I love to do. So I owe I owe that to Melody. Um, so what was your why? Like, wh what was the final selling point, I guess, for, from Melody to make you say, okay, yeah, I'm going to jump into this space. So, um, you know, I think for me, it was working with another really strong woman. Um, I had been working in a department where there were just over 150 people and there were two women. And so, um, while I enjoyed that and I learned a great deal from them, um, the idea of working for a strong woman who had really paved her way in a male dominated industry was something that was really exciting. And then the ability to learn something totally new. I'm always up for learning something I know nothing about. So, um, you know, just getting to learn from her everything about Marcom, which back then was like, that was 22 years ago, was like intranets were really big and, um, you know, just digital smoke and mirrors is what I kind of <laughs> describe it as for sales meetings. And, and then the other thing was the opportunity to have a global role. I had been focused on North America and in my new role in Global Marcom, I had all of Europe and Asia. That, that's a huge transition as well, because yes. it's a completely different market than uh, very different home. market, lots of travel. You know, this was very, very, very pre-COVID and, <laughs> yeah. uh, and back when everyone flew around the world for meetings and working all kinds of crazy hours because, you know, Asia is totally different time zone than us. Yeah. I'm just so impressed. It, it, like I, I have had another entrepreneur who's been in the industry about the same amount of time yourself. Um, and he runs a startups uh, incubator and now out of France, as well as own a rugby team. Cause why not? Why not? Uh, yeah. You know, it's just another pastime and it's just so impressive getting to talk to someone who's been in the industry for so long when I'm just starting out and it's, it, and hearing about the difference, the change that has happened over the years. Yeah, it's I mean, particularly digital marketing has shifted so much. We went from intranets to like email, but not really email marketing. And then everyone had to have a website. And then about 13, 14 years ago, Twitter popped up and then it was everyone had to be on Twitter. Then the emergence of Facebook, which really hit businesses um, kind of around 2012, more than anything, 2015 in that range. Um, and so it, it's just been a, a beautiful transition. I'm lucky that I work with some very young, talented people that keep up on things like the likes of Snapchat and TikTok, which I am not yes. that great at. Oh, yeah. um, I'm still oldie smoldy. I still stick to like Facebook and Twitter, although I do have Instagram too. But yeah, right. I'm not, I, apparently, so I'm a geriatric millennial. So I don't, I, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, why do I need like, one of my clients has TikTok and he's blowing up and I'm like, 
I could do it, but it's so much more work <laughs> on top of everything I already have to do. It's a lot pod. of work. It is. And the funny thing is that, I mean, the good thing is that the TikTok Reels feed into Facebook now. So you mm -hmm. can still see some of the activity and you can get more reach if you're on TikTok through feeding them into Facebook. But it is it is crazy. I can't keep up with all the... Oh, yeah, all the trends? No, it's... No, no, I'm... I'm like, I'm still old school. I'll do this simple. I'll explain to you what I'm talking yeah. about. I'm not going to do a dance. I can't. No one should see me dance, first no of all. No one should see me dance either. I am the only Latina you will ever meet that can <laughs> shake a beat. <laughs> it is really sad. <laughs> the it's... only person that sees me dance is my husband, and he has a good time laughing at it. Yeah, no, that it, my, my exes did enjoy watching me dance, not in public, because in public it was yeah. like, please, please just just stand there and move yeah. side to just step side to side that's all you have to yeah, do right, right. that old like wrong. junior high dance just put yeah, your just, hands on my shoulders and move to side yeah, to side just, <laughs> just hold my hands i'll lead you just look like you're okay i'm good uh, <laughs> but, um what has you, you since in your whole career like you, you you you've been in a career longer than i've actually had a my regular corporate career uh but you must have had some amazing moments that yeah. stand out to you um do you care to share maybe one or two of your favorite moments in your career to entice um, people over yeah so i'll share a couple um the first one is going to sound a little odd but um the first time decaf got sued i was ecstatic <laughs> i was like we're on the map people know <laughs> us people are so threatened they're suing us because it was more like infringement uh, which we did not do, by the way. We were cared. But I was like, I'm pretty sure I was, I was, I was, I was sure it wasn't like, cause that's not something you want to bring up and yeah. then being like, so we, we did do it. Um, yeah, right. So we were guilty. <laughs> no. Um, so we were sued and I was so ecstatic. The whole team was like, why are you so happy? And I'm like, because this means we've made it. No one sues yeah. a non competitor, no one sues a little, little pimple. You know, they don't do yeah. it. So I was very happy. So that's one. Um, the second is I led the Kmart ship my pants um, experience, all of the digital experience for that at Kmart, uh, my team and I did, and it blew up so massive. We delivered more um, impressions than a Super Bowl commercial. We had increased store sales. We got four Can Lion awards. I mean, it was just remarkable. And it's not just because we won those awards or had those results, it's really because of the team effort that went behind it and the approach we took. So the, the company was very nervous to do shit my pants because it sounds like the swear word. Yeah. And so, I mean, that was the whole point of it. And so we did really advanced social listening with reporting every hour on the hour, 24 hours a day for a 10 day period and highly targeted it. And so we, we were able to take a campaign that was kind of questionable and really seed it through Facebook and Twitter and make it really blow up. And then it rolled out on TV. So it was a digital first campaign. It was a social first campaign wow. um, that my team and I ran. And I'm just, I'm still unbelievably proud of that. And, and what's great is you, you built the foundation through the digital and when it rolled out, everybody saw it go back and already see that it has an imp a huge imprint already on the digital and they wanna jump onto it. So you got that social yeah. proof just, wow. It was fabulous. Everybody's it was, playing it was just absolutely fabulous. You're playing 4D chess over there. I'm sorry? You're playing 4D chess while everybody's oh, yes. playing regular oh, yeah. chess. 
it was crazy, like in the best possible way. And then I have one more, if I can share a third with you. Go ahead, share. This is, this is for you. Um, so in 2015, I was diagnosed with pancreatic disease, progressive pancreatic disease. And, um, that really led to the shift of leaving corporate America and opening my own business for good. Mm -hmm. Um, because I now have 10 chronic diseases, all progressive, some terminal, um, and have had 27 operations in the last five years. So being able to do that in a corporate world is just not sustainable. But when you build a team behind yourself that really is loyal to you because you treat them well and you pay them well and you value them um, and you deal with clients who you love and clients who you enjoy and you're good at what you do, you can totally manage anything. Absolutely anything. That's insane. Already so much on your plate just as an entrepreneur. Like, let's throw on the personal life. Wow. Jesus, that's amazing. I'm speechless. Um, I, I do want to talk about your the team building because that's such an important part of an entrepreneurial's life, building the team so that they can actually then step away from the business if need to, to face these personal stuff. How did you go about building that, that your first team to help you out? Well, I'll tell you my biggest failure was my biggest lesson in team building. So I was really lucky that I took some advanced management leadership courses through Harvard Business School. So I learned from some of the best on how to do it. Um, But then I had been building teams in corporate America since, gosh, the late 90s. So I had a decent amount of experience doing it. Doing it on your own is different. So what I did first was hire a virtual assistant that was based offshore. That was a big failure. I learned very quickly, uh, not as quickly as I should have, that there's communication barriers, there's internet challenges, there's all kinds of things. And that's not to say you can't offshore some things, but my experience was not good. Mm -hmm. And so I moved to hiring only local to the U.S. people. And because I was so flexible in my approach, I hired anywhere in the country well before COVID ever started. So I didn't restrict myself to just my geography, which would have been really hard because Indianapolis does not have a big digital footprint in terms of talent. So, you know, I really expanded geographically to find the best talent and then I pay them well and I treat them really, really well. I mean, I send thank you notes. I send gifts. I send their spouses thank yous. I send them things for their kids. You know, I really treat them like they're a person, not an employee. You know, because I think of them as an extension of our family. I love that. And I, I love seeing the shift more and more because you we hear about the, the shortage of workers mm-hmm. in all these roles, but it, it's not a shortage of workers where it's just this generation is just fed up of being treated like, like you said, an employee, a replaceable yeah. piece and having entrepreneurs like yourself treat and show like, hey, you can work for me and it's going to be great. I'm not going to treat you like a, 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 a number. Right. And I have the best interest of them in mind. So some of them are just happy doing what they want to do and don't want to grow any further in their career in terms of progression. So we are very happy keeping them in the role. Mm-hmm. Others of them are still on their growth trajectory. And so I mentor and coach them like any good business owner, entrepreneur, or leader should and try and, expand their skill set within the business so that I don't lose them. So I expand their responsibilities and their skill sets so I can maintain 
their their work in in decap digital you know without losing them to a competitor yeah because the longer the better they do the more money you'll end up making and eventually they'll be like oh i want to go off on my own and you can be like well i can help seed that business and ha have an, another source of revenue but also another crown in your hat you know that's right. and also it's, it's very good for them you know i i i always want to allow whoever I'm working with to perform to the best of their capabilities, right? Like you said, it, it's only good for the company. It's only good for the business. And it's great for our customers. Our customers love working with us because everyone's happy. They're all satisfied. You know, they're not crumudgety or waiting to get back on email for three days. I mean, we get told all the time how responsive we are. And I love that about our team. Yeah, they, they they love their job, so they're going to give it 110% every day. And yeah. plus, they know their boss is going to take have their back for whatever, if they need something. It's like, oh, it's, I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> You're the you boss. Everyone work for us, Phil. <laughs> Alrighty, just that's how you get new jobs. My new podcast, How to Get Hired by Just Interviewing People. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I, I, I do want to try and get a tip for people jumping into the entrepreneurial space because you've been able to like you said with your coaching talk with so many entrepreneurs in the world and uh, coach them to being better um what is maybe one common thread you see entrepreneurials have and maybe that's something uh, our listeners can uh, gauge themselves to see if they have that uh spark or trait yeah, I would say the most common thread and something I recommend for any entrepreneur is just sheer grit, because this is not for the weak of heart or the faint at heart. This is hard stuff. I mean, building a business is not easy. It is not like you open a, a business and all of a sudden you're a multimillionaire. <laughs> it doesn't, you know, nope. or or the other thought, you can take all kinds of vacation time. I mean, I'm trying to squeeze out a four day vacation coming up over the Thanksgiving weekend and right now have three meetings booked anyway. <laughs> it's just not what people think it is. So you have to have grit. You have to be able to stick to your to your path, know what your niche is and know where your customers are and go where they are. It is not easy, but it is absolutely rewarding if you put in the work. I love it because it is true with my I'm still early in my entrepreneurial journey and it is a lot of grit it is a lot of clawing and just trying your hardest plus i'm doing two things at once building a business while building up podcasts so it's even crazier and seeing how much grit you actually need to do this in the content creation world um wh what's next what's next for you so um, a couple things. Decaf Digital is going to go global next year. So Ooh. I'm very excited about that. We have a new customer that's based in Japan that should be onboarding in January. Um, so we'll be covering um, Asia and Europe and then the U.S. for them. So that's very exciting. So that's kind of what's next for the business. What's next for me is to always continue on my journey of health and getting better Um I'm on a streak of working out like 24 days in a row, which is a Let's huge win for me. So, um, you know, just continuing to build up strength so that when I do have attacks of these different diseases, I can bounce back quicker. There we go. There we go. Is there another book in the uh, pipeline? You know, I get asked that a lot. There is. Yes. Um, and I started working on it last year. 
And it's more of a memoir, which I thought was kind of weird to write in my mid 40s. I was like, I mean, I'm not old enough for a memoir. But um, you've working, lived a life that most people and in so, the yeah, so have working it. with my editor, she was like, Well, I think you are. <laughs> um, and I will tell you, it's very confronting to write a memoir because there are things in there you have to include that not everyone's gonna love. Some people are gonna like it more than others in your family and your support system in particular. Um and it's also confronting because I have had so many um, setbacks and surgeries and diseases and stuff in the last five years in particular that um, it's hard for me to go back and relive all of those memories. So I expect this one is going to take my last one took me about two years. I expect this one's going to take probably a good two or three years. Oh, we're going to be, I'm excited to, to read it. I'm also excited to pick up your new book and we're going to find out where we can pick it up at the end we're coming to the the last question here that i have for you and it's it is a book related because i love reading and getting your books are going to be awesome but one book you would suggest for the entrepreneurs listening here either to help them start or if they're in their journey what what book would you suggest for them to read so this is kind of an older book but i still think it's a good one and it's the seven habits of highly effective people by stephen covey um i had the pleasure of not only I've read that book several times, but I also brought someone in to teach the seven habits um, to a team that I was leading back in the late 90s, mid 90s. <laughs> um, and and um, it's just everything from, you know, being able to say no to a bigger yes, you know, um, you know, keeping the end in mind. Um, I even use the tactics still, some of the techniques still with my coaching clients. So I think that the seven habits are so well done that even without a kind of an update on them, they are really habits that if you live and you eat and sleep and breathe and are ingrained in them, you'll do very, very well, regardless of what kind of role you're in, corporate or entrepreneur. Awesome. No, it's not the first time I've heard entrepreneurs suggest that book. So I know how important it is. I just finished Atomic Habits, which is an amazing uh, book as well. So I'm jumping over to the uh, seven habits very shortly because it's going to help build them together. Um, I'm going to jump off screen here, Adriana. I'm going to allow you to have the last five minutes. Let us know where we can find you, con connect with you so that if we're interested in learning more, we can. So the uh, the floor is yours. Thank you. Um, if you would like to pick up a copy of Career Sudoku, Nine Ways to Win the Job Search Game, you can go to Amazon.com. It's on there. It's five-star rated. Um, and to connect with me, connect with me on LinkedIn. You can find me at Adriana Cowden or connect with me on my website, AdrianaCowden.com, which is A-D-R-I-A-N-A-C-O-W-D-I-N.com. Or you can always find me through Decaf Digital, which is decafdigital.com, and it's D-E-K-A-F. So thank you so much. I look forward to hearing more from each one of the listeners. Awesome. Thank you so much, Adriana, uh, for being a guest here and sharing your amazing journey as an entrepreneur in the digital space. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, the links will be in the show notes down below to connect with her. And I do suggest you guys go ahead and pick up her book. It is looking very good. I can't wait to read it. I, I bought the Kindle edition uh, so I can get right away uh, reading it. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I thank you again for listening. Adriana, thank you. You were an amazing guest and it was so fun talking with you. Thank you so much. It was really my pleasure. All right, ladies and gentlemen, remember, uh, as I always say at the end of these show, uh, 
invest in yourself. Hey, everybody, I want to thank you so, so much for watching the show and listening to the podcast. Uh, as a thank you, remember, you can always head over to my website, feelbetterinc.com, and get free 15 minutes with me to talk about how you can grow your podcast, how to monetize your podcast, or even how to start your podcast. I have helped lots of people, and I want to help you do the same for your business or just for your personal brand. So again, that is feelbetterinc.com. Dot com. Head over there, book your free 15 minutes, and I'll be a pleasure to help you out. Have a good night, and remember to invest in yourself.